Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gaza Guy Podcast with me, Ma Musa from Gaza. Today, my guest is Jenna, 25 year old Palestinian, born and raised in the US. She graduated with a second bachelor's uh, degree in nursing and works as a pediatric uh, critical uh, care nurse. She's aspiring to help refugees one day and make that part of her life's work. She describes herself as family oriented, independent, and a simple person. Welcome, Jenna, to Kazakai Podcast. Hello, Jenna. Welcome to Kazakai Podcast. Thank you. Hey, what's up? How are you feeling today? I'm good. Thank nice. you. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. How was your day? How was your day? Um, it was pretty busy. I don't know. It was just very stressful at work, though. And then I went home and I slept for a really long time because I was just kind of keeping up on sleep because I was working three nights in a row. How many days uh, a week do you work? Um, it just varies. Sometimes four or five, sometimes three. But right now, it's mostly three nights. How would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners of Kazakai Podcast? I'm just a 25 year old girl trying to try to tackle a um, topic, like things, like issues in our societies, one day at a time. It's just I don't know. It's just every day is different for me. I'm just a girl that's trying to save the world through medicine. So, Jenna, you say uh, you're 25 years old. You will, you're a Palestinian born and raised in the U.S. What is it like to grow up as a Palestinian in the U.S.? Um, I would say, I think it depends on the type of family you are pretty much born into. So I was born into a family that holds on to tradition very closely. So I grew up with that culture implemented and kind of pounded into, into me. So I would just say that it wasn't more of a struggle um relating to the culture and i also went to an islamic school when i was younger so i learned the arabi i learned how to read i learned how to write and i learned about the deen it was more so the area that i grew up in so i grew up in a very um religious well, i would say a more, i know i mm, well my family is like, like they're very they're practicing i would say um probably more practicing than others but I would say that the area that I grew up in, although I, there is a big community of Muslims, a big Muslim community here, I would say that um, I grew up a little bit farther away from them, just distance and proximity. And um, I grew up in a more, not in a list, I was a very conservative area, still do a lot of Republicans. So that's what made it difficult. Um, being a Muslim, being Palestinian, in a very right-winged area in North Carolina, which is a swing state. I don't know if you know what that is. So it can either swing um, okay, blue or red, so conservative or democratic. So a swing state, North Carolina, the state I live in, is a swing state. So basically it can go blue or red, especially when we're uh, voting for presidents, governors, etc. So basically it can be a Republican state, it could be a Democratic state, just based on the performance of how, what type of voters um, go out and elect their um, chairs. So um, that's, I think, being in an area that's pretty much filled with Republicans um, was very difficult. But otherwise, I was, alhamdulillah, I was very blessed um, to have very fortunate upbringing. My parents provided me with a lot. With like, I got an education and I excelled in school. Um, I was able to work and go to school as I please and dream. 
I'm working my dream job and I have I have the ability to pretty much do a lot more than others can. So nice. how are things going? There's a lot going on in Lenza right now. How are you how are you faring? The situation here is kind of blurry right now because it was tough uh, before the pandemic then after the pandemic things got more serious because the closure is uh, kind of complete after the pandemic and as people notice from time to time you can find explosions happen now that's uh, kind of a routine for the people in Gaza uh, if I can talk about the situation the situation I think it's uh, more much more complicated after the pandemic much more complicated because the city has two crossings and the two crossings are completely closed after the pandemic. They were partially opened before the pandemic and that's a disaster for the people living in Gaza that they have to deal with. So the pressure is getting heavier and heavier on the people of Gaza. So my question is to you is what are the hospitals in the, like in Gaza? Hospitals. The most famous hospital in Gaza is called Al Shifa Hospital. It's, I think, in the center of Gaza, if I am right, in the location. I don't know. Um, it's very big. Um, always, always uh, considered as the central hospital in Gaza. All injuries during wars, during war times arrive there so it's tough for the people working there it's tough for the injured people it's tough for the people who uh, get injured or serious seriously injured or got killed during the war times because i don't think there are uh, big numbers of hospitals in Gaza. very limited number of, of hospitals and uh, there are places that you can't find a hospital, I think, like Rafah, which is uh, a border area where more clashes happen out there. So they struggle when they bring uh, the injuries and the people who get, get killed or injured during war times to the central one. It takes a very long time and people uh, die because of this, and people lose their lives because of this. It's a catastrophic situation for the hospitals, for the workers in hospitals in, in Gaza. My question is, you're already going through a pandemic. You're probably, I want to say, under-resourced. Like, that's probably a given. You guys. What does that mean to you, under-resourced? Do you guys have the adequate resources to handle a pandemic and no, 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 at the no. same time? Uh, look, right and now, right now, the situation, according uh, we talk about the pandemic, um, Right now, the situation is like uh, this place is locked up, so there are no injuries or no cases uh, inside Gaza at all. But there is, but there is. But there are cases from uh, cases of COVID from the returnees who uh, are returning to Gaza, and uh, they created in March, I think, or in April. I don't remember exactly. I think in March, when once they closed the borders, they created quarantine centers for the returnees who are uh, must be tested 
before entering Gaza. So that's the situation according to the pandemic. There are a few cases in the quarantine centers, but they fully recovered to say that a city like Gaza can handle cases inside the overcrowded areas of Gaza at all. If one case would be uh, identified in an overcrowded area, uh, in the cities or in the camps of Gaza, uh, it will be a disaster in the true sense of the word. So that's my point is, so you have these quarantine centers, yet your hospitals, if, God forbid, if anything happens, if someone gets COVID and decides to spread it, your hospital would be overwhelmed with these patients should they be compensated quickly. They will not handle, they will not handle the situation at all. And then they can't handle whatever is happening. That's 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 entirely aside of uh, the patients who are going to be coming in from trauma, correct? And you don't have many hospitals. So what, so what would happen if, so what would happen if your hospitals overwhelmed from trauma cases and COVID cases? And that your your sit the city center at least, and then you would and these all these other local hospitals, which I'm pretty sure from what I've read are under resourced. What would happen? Where where are these people going? They will are die. they be, are they, they do they have they, people, they will just die. The results will be catastrophic. They will, the results will have be they, catastrophic. How how do you guys get your resources? What do you mean how, by resources? How, so, like, so, uh, like for, support? Anything, for anything. Yeah, financial support. I think uh, NGO, NGO and the UN and uh, like the European Union support the government, support the health sector. But it's an international disaster and people will not support like beforehand. But I think the World Health Organization helped in building the quarantine centers. And during the war times, you can see. Um, Delegations of doctors, international doctors from all over the world can enter Gaza and enter the hospitals and start working with the doctors out there. But the support to handle a pandemic if the US or the UK did not handle the situation probably in Gaza would not at all. And they have all the equipment. That looks so frustrating to hear. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the reality, and you asked me why. Yeah. yeah. So how? And there's just and there's no way out. That's it. No. Like when when so got, how like like when a cousin trying to leave this place, he has no way out but the two crossings. So my question to you is, how likely is it for someone from Gaza to make it? to be able to leave, to, whether it is to the Dutta or is it or to actually leave the country. Like, how, how, how they can leave. So, yeah, how likely, how likely is it? Like, what are the chances? Like, you mean if, now if you or, you mean now or in general? Both, I guess. Uh, in general, they can leave through the two crossings. One is between Gaza and Egypt called Rafah Crossing and one between Gaza and Israel called Air's Crossing. And Paul procedure, procedures uh, at both crossings are very humiliating and very difficult to deal with, especially after the pandemic.
things are completely closed right now. All the crossings are closed. And I think very serious cases can leave like patients or people who want to reach out to their families or to their loved ones, or I don't know. In general, they have only two crossings they can travel through. The Israeli-Palestinian called Airs crossing, the Egyptian-Palestinian called Rafah crossing, and the treatment at all the crossings were humiliating for the Palestinians from Gaza. So have you tried to go to any of these crossings? Me? Not yet. It's so heart-wrenching to hear, yet, how much of what, what can we do? You get what I'm saying? This is why I wanted to go. I think I told you, I want I want to go to Palestine and help. Only yeah. because I don't know what else to do. It's, it's as if my donations don't work. It's as if me building boxes and helping these, like these barrels of um, care, package, care, care packages go out, they don't work. So I feel as if the only way that it would work is if I go myself and try to help. Do you get what I'm saying? Which is why I wanted to um, make it part of my life's work is to be a nurse or an anesthetist at the bedside helping these injured patients. I just don't know. I didn't know how dire it was. How much? Do I mean, you I miss do. I knew Palestine? a lot. <laughs> I want. I want to go. I want to live there eventually. Where? Mm -hmm. Which city you dream to? Uh, spend the rest of your life Ramallah. why um why not Gaza? well so <laughs> why not <laughs> if i could ever get in i don't think i would be able to get in unless you know because i have i'm a palestinian citizen i told you this i'm a palestinian citizen they're not going to see that i'm a u.s citizen they don't care right so just like they don't care about the prisoners who are U.S. citizens and they're being held in Israeli um, camps, they don't they don't care if you're a U.S. citizen. They only see you're Palestinian. So at the end of the day, like here, I have ties here that are keeping me in the U.S., which are my parents and my family. Like you know, my parents aren't in the best health, and I and I stay home to help them. Um, there was a time That's where fun. I lived. The, they're not in the best health. So um, I take so my parents so I stay home and I live with them currently to help them. Um, but otherwise, if I had the opportunity, if they if they were in like good health, I would not be living here. I would either be living abroad, helping and doing mission trips, or I would be in Palestine doing that, which is something that I've applied for. But um, I. I stayed in Nablus when I was there because my dad's family um, grew up in the Balata refugee camp. Yeah. So that's where my dad's family stays. And I and we have um, a house in Nablus, but um, I think I would personally retire in Ramallah only because my mom's family is there and I'm very close to them. And I think that if it, it doesn't seem like it, but the cultures between city to city or state to state is different even in Palestine, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's where I would do it, but I, I can't go right now, but I'm hoping to come next, I'm hoping to go to Palestine next year, which is the plan. And I'm applying for the volunteer job that I was telling you about, about volunteering at the, in a cardiac, um, pediatric intensive care, facility I suppose is what it's going to be or it's at, in a hospital I think in the West Bank I don't know which one I haven't even gotten that far yet but it's to help those children volunteer there so.
but I do want to move back. I don't know when. I don't know when that will be. But I hope soon. I, I hope love. soon. I don't know. But yeah.